In Charles Simeon's interpretation of Colossians 3.12, 14, he emphasizes that the ultimate goal of Christianity is to restore humanity to the divine image, which is essential for attaining eternal blessedness. Simeon clarifies that while Jesus Christ is solely responsible for reconciling humanity with God, the Holy Spirit plays a crucial role in making individuals fit for the inheritance of the saints in light. This spiritual transformation is not optional, but essential for every elect of God. Simeon outlines that this transformation involves two key steps, putting off the old man and putting on the new man. The old man represents sinful nature and its associated vices, while the new man symbolizes a life of righteousness and holiness modeled after God. The Apostle Paul, in the chapter under discussion, lists the specific vices to be shed and virtues to be embraced. Simeon urges believers to actively seek this transformation, not just as a matter of spiritual growth, but as a requirement for eternal life. He stresses that this change should be evident in every aspect of one's life and conversation. The Apostle's call to put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved this new man serves as a compelling motivation. It reminds believers of their special status as God's chosen ones, encouraging them to live up to this high calling by embodying the virtues that reflect the divine image. Thus, Simeon's message is a call to action for all believers to engage in a lifelong journey of spiritual transformation, which is not just beneficial, but essential for eternal salvation. Also, Simeon focuses on the Christian character, particularly how it should manifest in daily interactions with others. Simeon acknowledges that the full scope of Christian experience before God is beyond the text's purview, so he narrows the discussion to the Christian's daily walk before man. He begins by accentuating the inherent human flaws of pride and selfishness, which often make us indifferent to the suffering or needs of others. Simeon argues that Christians should replace these negative traits with positive virtues. Instead of indifference, one should have compassion, instead of roughness, courtesy, and instead of pride, humility. He uses the metaphor of a mother's love for her firstborn child to illustrate the kind of bowels of mercies Christians should have towards all people, regardless of their status or relationship to us. This compassion should not be limited to those we are close to, but should extend to all who are in need or trouble. Moreover, Simeon asserts that these virtues should not be occasional, but should be the daily habit of our minds. They should come as naturally and readily as a mother's feelings for her child, without requiring great exertion. In summary, Simeon's sermon calls for a transformation in the Christian character, urging believers to replace selfishness and pride with compassion, courtesy and humility in their daily interactions with others. Furthermore, Simeon addresses the Christian's responsibility to emulate Christ in their interactions with others. Simeon laments the human tendency to react with irritability, displeasure, and even vindictiveness when slighted or wronged. He argues that such behavior is incompatible with the teachings of Christ, who serves as the ultimate model of meekness, long-suffering, and forbearance. Simeon urges Christians to replace their natural inclinations toward anger and retaliation with a spirit of meekness and patience. Instead of harboring intolerance or a vindictive spirit, he encourages believers to practice forbearance and forgiveness, reminding them of the grace they themselves have received from Christ. Simeon highlights that this Christ-like demeanor should not be occasional, but must be the constant tenor of one's interactions with others. He calls on Christians to measure their actions by the grace they have received, thereby fulfilling their role as true followers of Christ. 
In addition, Simeon indicates the transformative power of love or charity as the governing principle in a Christian's life. According to Simeon, human nature is inherently self-centered, driven by self-interest, self-pleasing and self-seeking. These tendencies dominate our thoughts and actions. However, when one becomes a Christian, a new principle is imparted, that of love or charity. This principle is not just an add-on, but serves as the root and essence of all other Christian virtues. Simeon argues that love is the bond that unites all aspects of Christian perfection. It is the force that consolidates all virtues into a harmonious whole. Just as the soul directs and regulates every member of the body, love, when it presides over the Christian life, keeps every other grace in full activity. Therefore, love must be put on, over all and above all, other virtues for a Christian to fulfill their duties effectively. In essence, Simeon's message is a call to internal transformation. He urges Christians to replace the natural self-centeredness with a love-driven approach to life. This love is not just an emotion but a principle that should guide actions, decisions and interactions with others. By adopting love as the governing principle, one can achieve a state of Christian perfection where every action and thought is in harmony with Christian virtues. Further, Simeon maintains the critical importance of adopting Christian virtues such as kindness, humility and patience. He argues that these virtues are not just moral guidelines but divine imperatives for those who consider themselves the elect of God. Simeon identifies three key reasons why adopting these virtues is essential. First, Simeon argues that God explicitly calls for it. He points out that the purpose of divine election is not just salvation, but also sanctification. God has chosen individuals to be holy and without blame, and to be conformed to the image of His Son. Therefore, failing to cultivate these virtues undermines God's purpose in electing us. Second, Simeon suggests that human society also expects these virtues from the elect. While he doesn't elaborate on this point, the implication is that the moral fabric of society is strengthened when individuals embody these virtues and weakened when they do not. Third, Simeon stresses that consistency requires it. If one claims to be among God's elect but fails to live a life that reflects these virtues, it creates a moral inconsistency that undermines the credibility of one's faith. Simeon warns that failing to live up to these virtues could have dire consequences. He cites the example of Judas, one of the twelve disciples chosen by Jesus, who betrayed him. Despite being chosen, Judas's actions led him to a tragic end, serving as a cautionary tale for those who might take their elect status for granted while neglecting to live a holy life. In summary, Simeon points out the immense importance of adopting Christian virtues, not just as a moral choice, but as a divine imperative for those who consider themselves chosen by God. Failure to do so not only undermines God's purpose, but also risks eternal consequences. Besides, Simeon focuses on the expectations people have when one professes to be the elect of God. He articulates the skepticism humans inherently possess about someone's inner faith. While an individual can claim their deep and devout faith, society requires tangible evidence, something visible to substantiate such a claim. Simeon alludes to the analogy of a tree being judged by its fruits to reiterate the importance of observable actions over mere words. He points out that mere verbal affirmations of faith are insufficient, as God alone can be the judge of someone's innermost convictions. However, the world evaluates one based on their actions and behavior. 
Simeon urges that if one claims to be in a special relationship with God, distinguished from others, then their actions should correspondingly be exceptional. He asks pointedly if such individuals have discarded their old sinful nature and adopted a new virtuous nature reflective of God's holiness. He repeats the importance of one's temperament and behavior, especially in familial settings or during testing times. He underlines the fact that while internal experiences with God might be profoundly personal and sacred, societal judgment is based on observable behavior. If one's actions do not mirror the virtues of the Holy Spirit, society might view them with doubt or even as hypocrites. In essence, Simeon stresses that authentic faith should be evident in one's actions and interactions with others. A mere profession of faith without the supporting conduct can lead to societal disdain and can undermine the credibility of one's claims of divine election. Additionally, Simeon underscores the importance of consistency in Christian life. He argues that anyone who claims to be among the elect of God should showcase a transformation in their nature and behavior. For if one does not exhibit this change, then even the most morally depraved individual could claim to be elect just as credibly. Simeon challenges those who may lack compassion or display pride, anger, intolerance, and an unforgiving spirit. He emphasizes that such individuals should not delude themselves. If their behavior contradicts the teachings of Christ, then they are not truly children of light, but rather children of the devil, merely professing faith in Christ or addressing him as Lord without emulating his ways only leads to self-deception and spiritual downfall. Next, Simeon accentuates the paramountcy of Christian principles in shaping one's life. He affirms that Christianity mandates believers to attribute every good deed and virtue they possess to God's grace. Such acknowledgement doesn't spring from a sense of false humility, but rather a genuine realization that without God's intervention, our achievements wouldn't be possible. In expressing this sentiment, Simeon cites the apostolic declaration, By the grace of God I am what I am, implying that our identity, progress and virtues are all intrinsically tied to God's benevolence. Also, Simeon counters a possible misinterpretation of this dependence on divine grace. He clarifies that relying on God's grace does not in any way encourage complacency or sinful behaviors. On the contrary, it offers profound moral teachings. The grace of God, he notes, is transformative. It not only provides salvation, but also instills a moral compass within believers. This grace instructs them to shun ungodliness and worldly desires, urging them instead to adopt a lifestyle marked by sobriety, righteousness, and godliness. In addition to the moral directive, the grace of God bestows upon its recipients a hope anchored in Christ. This hope isn't a passive expectation, but serves as a catalyst for moral purification. Drawing from the scriptures, Simeon mentions that this hope inspires believers to refine themselves, aligning their character with the purity that is found in Christ. In essence, Simeon's exposition on these verses from Colossians serves as a reminder of the transformative power of Christian principles. It calls on believers to recognize the source of their virtues, to live in accordance with the teachings of grace, and to continually seek moral refinement through the hope offered in Christ. Moreover, Simeon extols the virtues of a true Christian character. Simeon paints a vivid picture of an individual adorned with the noblest of qualities. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearance and forgiveness, all governed by the overarching principle of love. Simeon challenges the reader to contemplate such a character and determine whether there exists any person who wouldn't be charmed by these attributes. 
While admitting that jealousy and envy may sometimes breed resentment against those who truly embody these virtues, Simeon notes that such hostility isn't rooted in the virtues themselves. He brings the example of Jesus Christ, who despite possessing these virtues in their purest form, faced animosity from many. Yet, the disdain directed at him wasn't because of his virtuous character, but rather his proclamation as the Messiah. Simeon concludes by asserting the undeniable beauty of a consistent Christian character. Even those who oppose or misunderstand the Christian faith are forced to admit the allure of such a character. Simeon urges his brethren to live out these virtues in their daily lives, not just to exhibit the true essence of Christianity, but also to dispel misconceptions and silence the criticisms of detractors. By doing good, they can effectively counteract the ignorance and prejudice of naysayers. Furthermore, Simeon highlights the significance and privilege of possessing the Scriptures, especially the New Testament. He references the historical context in which the Jewish community was esteemed for having the oracles of God, indicating their superior advantage over the heathens. Simeon then contrasts this with the Christian community's privilege of possessing not just the Old Testament writings, but also the New Testament scriptures. These New Testament writings, according to Simeon, offered a deeper and clearer comprehension of the Old Testament than even its original authors had. He acknowledges the uncertainty surrounding the exact portion of Christian records available to the Colossians. He suggests they might have had access to one or two of the Gospels. Regardless of the extent of their biblical knowledge, Simeon believes that any access to such spiritual knowledge was indeed a treasure and grounds for heeding the apostolic exhortations. For contemporary believers endowed with the entirety of the Bible, Simeon maintains the exhortation's heightened significance. He concludes by urging readers to view the sacred text with reverence and to seek constant growth and edification through its teachings. In addition, Simeon delves deeply into the nature and origin of God's Word. He points out that while the Bible was penned by different men across various ages, its true source is divine. It is in essence the Word of God because those who wrote it did so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Further, Simeon reiterates that the Word is the Word of Christ. Jesus Christ, he explains, has been an active minister to the church long before his incarnation. It was Christ who, through Noah, spoke to the world before the flood. Besides, Christ was the driving force behind all the prophets, empowering them to prophesy about his impending sufferings and the glory that would follow. Consequently, the Old Testament, though written by different prophets, is essentially the revelation from Christ. When it comes to the New Testament, Simeon suggests that its origin can also be attributed to Christ. Jesus directly instructed his apostles, reminding them through the Holy Spirit of all his teachings. Christ even personally appeared to Saul, unveiling the intricate blueprint of redemption. The apostles, when they spoke or wrote in Christ's name, were unequivocal that they were conveying not human words but God's own message. The writings of the apostles encapsulated in their epistles are heralded as the commandment of their Lord. In sum, Simeon is underscoring a crucial belief in Christian theology. The entire Bible, both the Old and New Testaments, is divinely inspired and is fundamentally the Word of Christ. Additionally, Simeon focuses on the profound reverence and attention with which believers should regard the Word of God. Drawing imaginative scenarios, Simeon first poses the situation where Jesus Christ himself visits churches today to impart his teachings, as he once did in Judea. He repeats that if people knew it was Jesus' teaching, they would undoubtedly listen with profound attention and reflection. 
Simeon proceeds with another scenario, this time placing Jesus on the cross, speaking to the people. Here, the Saviour's sacrifice is showcased as a testament to his unparalleled love. The scene's intensity is meant to evoke powerful emotions, leading listeners to abandon idols and declare their unwavering loyalty to Christ. Also, Simeon paints a scene of an opened heaven with Jesus majestically positioned beside God. Echoing the awe-inspiring events at Mount Sinai with its thunderings, lightnings and earthquakes, this illustration underlines the weight of God's word. The Israelites' commitment to obeying God after the Sinai event is underscored as a model reaction to such divine revelations. Simeon's central message revolves around the Bible's significance, emphasizing its equivalency in authority and authenticity to the direct words or appearances of Jesus. This emphasis urges believers to value the scriptures as they would if Jesus were present, speaking to them. The word, according to Simeon, should be viewed as instructions from Jesus, who descended from heaven to guide humanity, as a testament of his sacrificial love evident in his crucifixion, and as a decree from the glorified Saviour, who will judge all according to it. In essence, Simeon calls for devout respect and wholehearted commitment to the sacred word. Moreover, Simeon accentuates the significance of the scriptures in the life of a believer. He posits that it's not enough to hold the scriptures in mere reverence. They should be actively integrated into our lives for spiritual growth. Firstly, Simeon points out that simply possessing a Bible is insufficient. Like the tables of the law that were stored inside the Ark of the Covenant, God's Word should similarly be enshrined within our hearts. This means that the Bible shouldn't be a mere external possession, but internalized, becoming a part of our daily lives and thoughts. Furthermore, he elaborates that the Scriptures should dwell in us, and not just superficially, but richly. Every element of the Scriptures, from its precepts to its promises and even its warnings, should be deeply understood and valued. These Scriptures serve multiple purposes. 1. The precepts are guidelines helping us discern God's will. 2. The promises are assurances, which when invoked at God's throne during prayers, bring about spiritual blessings and confirmations. 3. The threatenings or warnings, far from being punitive, are rather seen as benevolent advisories meant for our benefit. Addressing a common concern, Simeon acknowledges that many complain about forgetfulness, finding it challenging to remember what they read or hear from the scriptures. However, he suggests a remedy, daily selection and meditation on specific Bible passages. By continuously pondering upon and revisiting these selected scriptures, even those who consider themselves lacking in memory or understanding would eventually gain a profound grasp of God's word. The act of frequent meditation, Simeon believes, can bridge the perceived gap between one's present knowledge and a richer, deeper understanding of the scriptures. In addition, Simeon affirms on the primacy and practicality of scriptural knowledge for guiding Christian behavior. Simeon argues that mere speculative knowledge, which doesn't lead to real-life application, only fuels pride and dispute. True value for a Christian is derived from knowledge that drives action. Scriptures are seen as the sole resource for this kind of wisdom, and one cannot derive it from any other source. For Simeon, the Scriptures shape the Christian's perspective, allowing him to see things the way God does. This alignment with divine perspective makes distinctions between good and evil clear. Thus, a person imbued with the teachings of the Scriptures can easily discern these differences, even when the world cannot. This spiritual insight also grants the Christian the ability to judge others' actions, even though they might not comprehend his. Importantly, Simeon asserts that this divine insight isn't merely for the individual's benefit. Rather, 
it's meant to be a beacon for others. When one lives according to these principles, they become a testament to God's presence and a guide for those around them. The goal is to be a shining example, so others can recognize God's truth and follow the same path, leading them towards peace and divine favor. Further, Simeon highlights the indispensable relationship between true piety and a genuine love for the Scriptures. Drawing from the Bible's examples, Simeon mentions several illustrious saints to illustrate the profound regard they held for the divine texts. Job, for instance, valued God's words more than his essential sustenance. Jeremiah found profound joy and solace in them, while David likened them to being more delightful than the sweetest honey. Simeon indicates the sentiment that without a similar reverence and affection for the Scriptures, one's claim to true piety and alignment with these revered figures would be questionable. Besides, Simeon delves into the significance of the Scriptures in the spiritual journey of a believer, maintaining their paramount importance for growth at every stage of one's spiritual life. Simeon frames the Word of God as the lifeline that not only revives the spiritually dead, but continues to nurture and sustain believers as they progress in their faith journey. Beginning by likening the newly awakened spiritual state of a person to one that has just been revived from death, Simeon points out that such individuals will naturally be drawn to and cherish what gave them this new life, the Word of God. This love and craving for the Scripture is not limited to the initial stages of spiritual rebirth, it remains essential as one matures in their faith. Using the imagery of a newborn, Simeon further points out the idea that just as babies inherently seek milk for growth, so do new believers instinctively turn to the Word to grow spiritually. Moving forward, Simeon addresses those who have advanced in their spiritual life, equating them to youths in strength and stature. He reiterates the need for the Word to remain deep within them, suggesting that it serves as a protective shield enabling them to combat and overcome the adversarial forces that challenge their souls. In summation, no matter what stage a believer is in their spiritual journey, the scriptures remain an indispensable tool. It's not just a source of spiritual nourishment, but also a guide and armor, equipping believers to do good and resist evil. Additionally, Simeon acknowledges the foundational belief in one supreme being and our inherent duty towards him. This duty is described as an active dependence, showcasing our understanding that our very existence is rooted in Him. Simeon distinguishes this fundamental acknowledgement as natural religion. He then delves into the Christian perspective, repeating the Gospel's revelation that Jesus Christ is not only the universe's creator and governor, but also the world's redeemer. As such, He deserves the same reverence we, as theists, give to the Supreme Being, and even more, given His unique role in our salvation. Contrary to popular understanding, Simeon argues that true evangelical religion isn't merely assenting to specific theological principles or performing certain religious duties. Instead, it is a profound state of mind where the believer recognizes and acknowledges Christ's overarching agency in all things. This mindset enables the believer to continuously receive from Christ's abundance and dedicate all aspects of life for His glory. In essence, Simeon underlines a relationship with Christ that is both receptive drawing from His grace, and contributive, living for His glory. He underscores that a genuine Christian life transcends mere intellectual assent or ritualistic practices. It involves a deep, personal connection with Christ, wherein every facet of one's existence is seen in relation to Him. Next, Simeon discusses the significance of performing actions in the name of Jesus Christ, as directed in Colossians 3.17. 
He aims to elucidate the mindset believers should have under the gospel dispensation in everything they do for God. 1. Acting from respect to Christ's authority. Simeon draws attention to the need for all actions to stem from respect for Christ's authority. He references St. Paul's directive for believers to dissociate from disorderly brethren, emphasizing that this command is issued in Christ's name. Accordingly, the believer's obedience to such directives is a reflection of their deference to Christ's authority. The core principle is that Christians should consider what Jesus Christ mandates in all their actions. If Christ endorses an action, that becomes the prime motivator for a believer to undertake it. Human validation or criticism should neither be the main driving force nor a deterrent. 2. Priority of Christ's will. Regardless of human opinions, the will and command of Jesus Christ should be the determining factor for every believer's actions. The question every believer should continually ask is, what does the Lord Jesus Christ require of me? Upon discerning Christ's will, believers should be unwavering in their commitment to it. Their determination to follow Christ's directives should be resolute, irrespective of human approval or opposition. In essence, Simeon accentuates the paramount importance of Christ's authority in the life of a believer. Every action and decision must be weighed against the teachings and will of Christ. By doing so, believers ensure they are acting in alignment with their faith and upholding the principles of the gospel. Also, Simeon affirms the importance of acting out of love for Christ. Drawing upon biblical references, he points out that actions done in Christ's name should stem from genuine affection for him. Simeon asserts that our every action and word should be inspired by our devotion to Christ, just as a mother's love for her child instinctively drives her actions. He believes that there shouldn't be a need for lengthy contemplation to act out of love for Christ. Instead, a profound and continuous awareness of our obligations to Jesus should exist within us. Thus, in all we do and say, our primary aim should be to please Him. Moreover, Simeon discusses the importance of depending on God's grace. Micah's words are highlighted, indicating how people rely on their respective gods, but believers will walk in the name of the Lord forever, showcasing their complete trust in Him. Simeon maintains the role of Jesus Christ as a guide, asking believers to view Him as their shepherd. Believers are encouraged to follow Jesus' teachings and rely on Him for assistance in facing challenges. The strength provided by Jesus enables individuals to overcome any obstacles, pointing out the essentiality of his support in one's spiritual journey. Furthermore, it's through Jesus, the mediator and intercessor, that believers can hope for acceptance and salvation. In addition, Simeon reiterates the importance of ascribing all glory and credit to the Lord Jesus Christ in everything we do. He references an incident from the New Testament, where Peter and John miraculously heal a man who had been lame from birth. The onlookers, amazed by the miracle, were quick to attribute the healing to the power or holiness of Peter and John. However, the apostles were swift in redirecting that glory to Jesus Christ, repeating that it was only by his name and power that the miracle occurred. Simeon underlines this point by quoting their declaration, which credits the healing to the faith in Jesus' name. From this, Simeon draws a broader lesson for all believers. Everything, no matter how trivial or monumental, should be done with the intention of advancing God's glory. He contends that no act is too minor to be done with this purpose in mind, referencing 1 Corinthians 10.31, where Paul encourages believers to do everything, even eating or drinking, to the glory of God. One might wonder if our actions can genuinely advance God's glory. Addressing this doubt, 
Simeon points out that it is not presumptuous to believe that our deeds can glorify God. He supports this claim by referencing Jesus' prayer, where he underscores that he is glorified through his followers. In summary, Simeon emphasizes the centrality of Jesus Christ's role in all aspects of our lives and our responsibility as believers to continually seek to glorify him through our words and actions. He encourages us to remember that no act is too small to be done for the advancement of God's glory and that, through our faithful service, we can indeed bring honor to the Lord. Further, Simeon accentuates the need to maintain a constant attitude of gratitude and praise regardless of our life circumstances. He suggests that even when faced with adversity or painful situations, believers should see them as opportunities to praise and thank God. This is based on the understanding that everything God does, even if it appears hurtful, is a manifestation of His love. Simeon references Job, who praised God despite experiencing significant personal losses. All events, especially the trying ones, are meant to refine and grow our faith. Such adversities often lead to spiritual growth, purifying believers from worldly attachments and fostering virtues like patience, hope, and experience. Simeon affirms that the blessings of redemption are so profound that they should overshadow any temporal sufferings. This perspective is deeply rooted in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, who offers forgiveness of sins. Regardless of the trials we face, the immeasurable grace and love shown through the redemption should be the focus of our hearts. Such a perspective will ensure that joy and gratitude remain constant, even in the midst of suffering. He cites the example of Paul and Silas, who, despite being imprisoned, sang praises to God, showcasing the unwavering spirit believers should aspire to possess. Besides, Simeon asserts the necessity of recognizing Jesus Christ in every act of service or worship. He references various scriptures to highlight the point that all thanks and praise to God must be given in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus, our mediator, that our offerings and sacrifices are made acceptable to God. Drawing parallels from the Old Testament, Simeon suggests that just as animals were offered on altars under the Jewish law, our praises are like the calves of our lips, which need to be presented through Jesus. This, he indicates, is the proper manner of worship, both in heaven and on earth. Heaven constantly echoes with voices that praise both God and the Lamb, Jesus. Similarly, believers on earth should always ensure that their actions and words glorify God, attributing no honor to themselves. This means believers should always be cautious to avoid self-glorification, and instead, always point to God as the source of all good, saying, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name be the praise. Additionally, Simeon reflects on the true essence of religion and how rare it is to find genuine religious fervor in the world. He begins by noting the stark contrast between the ideal Christian character, deeply rooted in the love of Christ, and the common man's lack of such spiritual depth. While many might pay attention to doctrines and uphold moral duties, Simeon laments that only a few manifest the hallmarks of a true Christian, profound visions of Christ, unwavering respect for his authority, a burning love for his name, reliance on his grace, zealousness for his glory, and an all-encompassing sense of his love that overshadows all other emotions. These elements, he believes, are scarce even among the most devout believers. Simeon exhorts his readers to be properly guided in their understanding of true Christianity. Only with the right knowledge can they evaluate their own spiritual state and the world around them, measuring themselves against this high standard of Christian experience.
Next, Simeon maintains the profound joy and happiness of a true Christian. Despite being acutely aware of his imperfections and the resultant humility, a Christian's happiness is unmatched, even surpassing what worldly possessions could offer. This profound state of bliss stems from a deep, intimate connection with the divine. The worldly view might dismiss this joy as mere enthusiasm, but Simeon believes it to be the essence of the Christian character. He references the feelings of someone completely immersed in God's essence to illustrate the Christian's sentiment towards Jesus Christ. But this isn't any ordinary sentiment. It is magnified by the acknowledgement of Christ's redeeming love. Simeon urges believers to establish and maintain a genuine faith in Christ and remain rooted in Him. By doing so, Christ becomes the central figure in their lives, influencing every thought, action and emotion. By living entirely through faith in Jesus, who has demonstrated unparalleled love by sacrificing himself, believers can experience a divine joy that's both ineffable and glorified in its nature. This joy isn't temporary. It's a precursor to the eternal bliss that awaits true Christians in the presence of God. To Simeon, this connection with Christ isn't merely a religious practice, but a transformative experience that brings unmatched joy and purpose to one's life. In conclusion, Simeon accentuates that Christianity aims to restore humanity to the divine image for eternal blessedness. Jesus Christ is credited with reconciling humanity with God, while the Holy Spirit helps make individuals suitable for spiritual inheritance. Simeon outlines that this spiritual transformation involves shedding old sinful habits and cultivating a life of righteousness modeled after God, a process considered essential for eternal life. Also, Simeon affirms that the Christian character should manifest in all aspects of life, particularly in daily interactions with others. Christians are encouraged to cultivate positive virtues such as compassion, courtesy and humility, and extend these virtues to all people. Moreover, Simeon speaks about the Christian's responsibility to emulate Christ in their interactions, urging Christians to display meekness and patience instead of anger and retaliation. He reminds believers of their obligation to practice forbearance and forgiveness rooted in the grace they have received from Christ. Furthermore, love or charity is affirmed as the force that unites all aspects of a Christian's life, replacing self-centeredness with a love-driven approach. Alongside, Christian virtues such as kindness, humility and patience are identified as divine imperatives. Simeon cautions that failing to adopt these virtues could have dire consequences asserting the importance of these virtues to preserve the social, moral fabric and maintain consistency in faith. In addition, Simeon speaks about the skepticism believers face from society, given the inherent doubt about someone's inner faith. Instead of relying entirely on verbal affirmations of faith, Simeon encourages authenticity and consistency in upholding Christian virtues in one's daily life. This practice is seen as tangible evidence of one's commitment to their faith. Further, Simeon points out the transformative power of Christian principles, viewing all virtues and deeds as inherently tied to God's benevolence. The grace of God is perceived to provide salvation and instill a moral compass within believers, teaching them to reject ungodliness and worldly desires and live a life defined by righteous virtues. Besides, Simeon spends time reflecting on the nature and origin of God's Word, arguing that the Bible, penned by various authors across ages, is divinely inspired, making it the word of Christ. Believers are encouraged to view the scriptures with devout respect and integrate it into their lives for spiritual growth. In essence, everything a believer does, whether big or small, 
should be done to further God's glory with a constant attitude of gratitude and praise, no matter the life circumstances. Lastly, Simeon encourages believers to maintain an intimate connection with Christ, experiencing the profound joy of an intimate relationship with the divine that surpasses worldly happiness. This connection isn't merely religious, but a transformative journey that brings unmatched joy and purpose to a believer's life.